Well, we looked into the privacy and security of 25 car brands, everything from Volkswagen to Tesla to Nissan, Kia, um, Mercedes-Benz. And we look at privacy questions like what kind of data are they collecting? How much of it um, are they collecting? How do they use it? How do they share it? Do they sell it? Um, Do they do a good job of keeping it secure? What do they do collect? And do they give people the ability to delete it? And what we found was all the car companies are horrible. They all earned our privacy not included warning label. So am I actually being spied on by my car? (laughs) Well, you're certainly being tracked by your car. If you have a car that was bought and built or made in the last five years, probably. Um, Cars come today. I mean, there is no such thing as a smart car anymore. Any new car is a connected car. They all come with sensors that can tell how fast you're driving and where you're driving and what you weigh. Um, They have microphones. They have cameras that face in. They have cameras that face out. And then on top of that, they have all the connected services you use in your car, like your navigation and your what you listen to the radio through and what how do you find places to park. Um, and now modern cars come with apps um, that car companies want you to download that let you do cool things like remotely start or, or your car or unlock it and lock it. But all of this, um, the cars, the connected services, the apps and more collecting tons of personal information about you. OK. And we all know that data is worth a lot of money to any company that collects it. So the problem is not just the collection, it's the distribution. Who's it going to? Yeah, uh, that's a very good question. Um, First off, they're collecting a lot of data that might surprise people. Um, You know, we saw two companies mention sexual activity, sex life. They can collect information about that, genetic information. What, what, how? Well, yeah. Well, this is a good question. Um, They tell you that they might collect information about your sex life, but they don't explain exactly how. And and this is something we reached out to all if the, the companies. If the Volkswagen's and- rocking, don't bother knocking. Is that how? <laughs> Do they have sensors? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. And I couldn't get answers from the companies to explain it to me. So you raise all the great questions. And it's a problem that consumers can read a privacy policy and see that they're collect- they could col- co- companies say they could collect information about your sex life but not have any real clear explanation of how or how that's going to be used. Maybe we they know that maybe they, sh- they hear two uh two doors close and then there's no conversation in the car and they're like things aren't going well with that family. <laughs> yeah, or there's a, a humidity sensor. I, I wow. don't know. I it yeah, it's fun to it's fun to theorize, but it also gets really scary because the point about who does it get shared with or sold with is a very good one. I mean, they they say they can share it with a wide number of, you know, the within the family of the car conglomerate, you know, these these car companies are huge. Um with third parties that do advertising. They say they can sometimes sell this data to other third parties that do advertising. Um they say they can buy even more data about you um from data brokers or collect data from public sources and and build these profiles on you that then they say they can make inferences about things like your intelligence and your abilities. And I get really nervous when I think about a car company trying to make an inference about my intelligence because I don't know why they need that. Um, but one of the scariest things that they, the way that they can sell, because the marketing and the advertising is is creepy and it's bad and and it shouldn't be happening. But when you see car companies mention that they could share this personal information with law enforcement, based on something as simple as a formal or informal request, 
then you start to get into territory that gets really frightening um, because that sh- that court order should be the bare minimum of sharing with law enforcement, especially with this much crazy personal information. I, you know, I, I think about my car as an extension of my home. And I think a lot of people that own cars feel the same way. I mean, if somebody breaks into my car, I feel violated. If somebody breaks into my home, I feel violated. So how is it possible that lawmakers can enter your car when they can't enter your house without a warrant? It's a very good question. And and it goes to um, if a car company has the access, has the technology to, you know, have a G, have your GPS tracked or have a microphone and, and a government um, asks, um, according to the privacy policies of some of these companies we read, wow. something as simple as an informal request is, is a way that they could share your personal information with the government. So do and, I and agree again, to that when I buy a car? Like, do should we ask for the privacy policy? You, <laughs> well, that's an interesting question because, I mean, I'm a privacy researcher. I do this for a living. This was some of the hardest privacy research I've ever done because there was, it was so complicated, um, up to 12 privacy policies per car company that we had to wade through trying to understand um, how all this worked. Um, and then you get to the end and you realize you don't really have much of a choice. Uh, but the privacy policies are interesting because they say things like, um, if you're a user of the connected car, then you consent to the privacy policy. So something as simple as being in a passenger of a car can be considered consent for their privacy policy that has these crazy data collection and mm. sharing practices. And then another favorite of mine that we saw in a lot of privacy policies was a line that says, it's your responsibility as the car owner to inform any passenger that gets in your car of their privacy um, policy and the data collection practices. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but I've never like once thought when somebody got in my car to be like, stop before we go anywhere, let me read you this privacy <laughs> policy so you're aware. Yeah. But car companies tell you that you have to do that. And it's, it's, laughable or you forfeit your rights to privacy what or what uh that's a question for the lawyers and i am not a lawyer but it, i have a lot of questions question. this is a great conversation because i it's just it's it's bringing about more questions yeah, our research brought us a lot more questions and it also brought us why isn't this being talked about more? Because this is out of control. The car companies are getting away with it. They don't want us to talk about it. You know, they they just kind of want this to fly under the radar like it's been being, but it can't anymore. It's really scary. Did you, you have a lot of questions, but did you come to any conclusions? Uh, the conclusions I came to were consumers don't have a lot of choice, unfortunately. Um, we need to put pressure on policymakers and regulators to do a better job. Um, if you drive an older car, you're lucky. Um, and a lot of times these new bells and whistles sound nice. I mean, being able to start your car remotely, if you live in a cold climate, yeah, let's warm the car up before I have to get in it. Um, but also recognizing that that comes with trade-offs because when you download the app, you're opening yourself up to more data collection. Has this been challenged at all in a court of law? Did you look into that? In a court of law, there have been a number of um, kind of class action um, question marks. I know that they're, you know, I think the first uh, cybersecurity based recall of cars happened back in 2015. Um, So this is this is kind of been a little bit under the radar. It's been happening a little bit, but. The thing is, is cars have really exploded in the tracking in the last few years. Like, you remember you used to be able to get a dongle from your insurance company and plug it in and get a discount on your insurance? Yeah, I would never do that. Um, That was a choice, though, that you could make. 
Um, now you don't get that choice. Now your car comes with that automatically. And so the, and that's all just changed in the last few years. A lot of people haven't bought cars recently, so they don't realize this. And it's flown under the radar and the beast is is has gotten too big right now. Jen, I'm so happy we got you to talk about this beast. It's terrifying, but um, I have like about 20 seconds left with you. Are there any places in the world that have privacy laws that we could model our rules after? Yeah, well, um, Europe has GDPR, which is certainly better than privacy laws. I live in the United States. We don't have a federal privacy law. Um, and it's good. It's not bulletproof, though. So it, there's still a lot of question marks, even in the EU, about how these cars are collecting sharing data. So um, GDPR is good, um, but we all need to keep after and, and try and aim for better. Jen, I think we're going to have to book another conversation. It's been fascinating. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Cheers. Jen Kaltrider is a leader of the Privacy Not Included team, researches consumer privacy for the Mozilla Foundation.